Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to an NFL Combine edition of Believe in 49ers, presented by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. I am your host, Tommy Call the Third. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy underscore III. That is triple I for the third. And you can also catch all of my written work about the 49ers via USA Today's Niners Wire. If you're interested in more written work about the 49ers, you know where to go. Got a ton of draft content going up this week, this weekend, whatever you want to call it with the NFL Combine looming. All right, let's get into it. Draft season is officially underway here at Believe in 49ers with players and brass from all 32 NFL teams in Indianapolis for the 2023 edition of the NFL Combine. Along with looking at the Combine, including name-dropping some of my favorite players and position groups to watch. We also have to talk about the San Francisco 49ers opening at defensive coordinator, the only remaining opening coordinator position in the NFL. Got some work to do, 49er fans, over this offseason, starting right away with the combine and finding a new defensive coordinator but before we get into all of that and more i have a quick message from our friends over at bet online bet online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs including pro and college hoops throughout the year with up to the minute odds stats and trends you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props experience the world's largest and best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices head to bet online today to become part of the team and remember to use your promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. All right, let's get down to business. The Combine is officially here. One of the NFL's biggest weekends for the looming NFL draft. Teams will get to see how some of the top prospects in the draft perform on the field and different athletic testing along with maybe and more importantly formal interviews there's already different reports coming out about players how they have lined up formal interviews with the 49ers including auburn defensive back former oregon transfer dj james i recently did a little write-up for him over at niners wire we're going to talk about him a little bit later on the podcast but before we start talking about players let's talk about why This combine and some of the news around the draft is a little bit interesting for the 49ers, why it's a little bit different than what we've seen over the past couple seasons in the Bay Area when it's come to the draft. 
it's different starting with the departure of Adam Peters who's been you know a major factor in a lot of the 49ers decision making specifically with the draft pretty much since the John Lynch Kyle Shanahan era has taken over this will kind of be the first time we will see the not won't be kind of like it will be the first time we'll see Lynch and Shanahan in action without Peters the 49ers will get to see what kind of newly you know what their newly promoted directors of player personnel Tariq Ahmed and RJ Gillian can do in an expanded role I mean it's not like this combine is going to be a surprise for either as they've both been in positions in the 49ers front office for a long time but they will have an increased role with their new promotions how will you know will there be a change in philosophy will we will we see something a little bit different with peters out of the picture in washington with the commanders that is something we're going to figure out rather quickly here with how the 49ers approach the combine along with kind of handling the entire draft process without peters another change is the 49ers are just going to have a significant amount of draft picks in this draft which is different than what they've had in previous years i know a lot of 49ers fans probably took the last two three years off of the draft because they haven't had picks specifically first rounders due to the trey lance trade they haven't had a first round pick since selecting him in 2021 now they're going to have a first round pick and multiple other you know fourth and fifth round picks um which will be interesting to see how they exp you know how they attack this draft do they bundle some of those up to trade to try and you know get a higher luxury pick um what position groups do they go for because with a you know multiple options the 49ers can really attack this draft in several different ways there's no doubt you know in the past the 49ers have probably not probably guaranteed to have done their due diligence on all prospects in past drafts because obviously for trades and if players fall for different reasons like that but now they'll actually have the chance to select a premier prospect in the first round that they haven't had the opportunity to kind of be in that range for to really get a blue chipper in past drafts so after at the combine um, before we get into some of the players let's talk about what these numbers mean what these athletic testing what what can we gain from watching or reading or hearing about this well the athletic scores help us understand if the film translate to the next level right if a player looks fast does that speed translate can they actually put that on paper the com the combine helps us and talent evaluators validate the different athletic traits that we see on film and in the games you know, I also kind of another side piece is I, I like to see how much these players prep and prepare, how serious they are, how serious they take the combine, you know, how professional are they? Bad testing numbers can mean, you know, are, is the player underprepared? Is there a lingering injury? These are small factors, but it's just something to pay attention to, something scouts pay attention to, um, because once the college season ends the combine and things like that are definitely kind of at the top of the radar for a lot of these prospects in terms of training um now that we kind of have an idea of what we're looking for at least um let's talk about some of the players and you know we'll be breaking down every single one of these players because there's going to be a lot of different guys that 
their names pop up we're gonna start hearing about different connections and links and interviews like I'd mentioned earlier which will kind of help us get a clear roadmap in terms of what we want to see out of this draft for the 49ers specifically um, and then also things like how they handle free agency and stuff will also kind of open up what positions we think they're gonna attack and so on and so forth there are a couple positions that stand out to me specifically so we're going to talk about those today some names that i'm going to be interested in watching in the combine see how they test and so let's just go position by position here run down some players that i will be keeping an eye on starting with you know probably the most fun position to watch at the combine the wide receiver group you know, while it's unlikely the 49ers spend a high draft pick on a top pass catcher like, you know, Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors, guys like that, even Keon Coleman. But with the uncertainty around a Brandon Ayuk and Kyle's, Kyle Shanahan's history of drafting wide receivers, I think it's fair to say 49ers fans should keep an eye on some of these different pass catchers at the combine. I mean, think about Kyle Shanahan's draft history along with Selecting Ayuk, selecting Debao Samuel, um, Jalen Hurd is a name, Dante Pettis. I know that's kind of like a jump scare for, after mentioning some of these top names and then mentioning those two for 49er fans out there listening right now. But obviously, wide receiver will be a position that I think us as fans and the 49ers brass and Indy will probably be keeping an eye on. And one thing that's kind of interesting to mention here is there's just multiple family connections in this draft for the 49ers. Um, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast because I've been a big fan of him for a long time. And I think the most interesting player and a guy that has a real chance to boost his stock tremendously at the Combine is Brendan Rice, the son of Jerry Rice. I've mentioned his name before. Like I said, I thought he was very impressive at USC. He was Caleb Williams' true number one wide receiver the past season. He had a strong showing at the Senior Bowl, and now he has the chance to really vault that stock with a fast run in the 40. And, you know, other wide receivers that the 49ers could be looking at, talking about family connections, Luke McCaffrey out of Rice, Christian's brother. Um, Jalen Polk is another name that I really like. I don't necessarily think he will probably be in the range for the 49ers. I think he's going to go a little bit higher than people think. The Washington wide receiver the number two or necessarily even maybe the number three depending on how you rank Adunze, Jalen McMillan, and Polk specifically. Um, Jalen Polk just seems like a, a Kyle Shanahan wide receiver. I mean does a lot. Really clutch, clutch player. Speed, great route runner. Catches balls over the middle. Can play outside as well. Um, I don't know if he'll be on the board when the 49ers are on the clock but definitely a player I'm interested in watching. I think he's very impressive. Uh, Texas wide receiver A.D. Mitchell, Florida wide receiver Ricky Purcell, very fast, can you know be serve as a kick returner. I think he's an impressive player. I think his game translates to the NFL while at Florida. Just things have been just rocky there in the SEC. Um, Arizona wide receiver Jacob Cowing is another name. Obviously, I'm a big Pac-12 fan, so I have a better insight on some of these Pac-12 players versus you know, I haven't done my homework on all of the deep draft prospects yet, but those are some names that I have highlighted. I think Arizona is churning out some really interesting players specifically in this draft. 
Um, Jed Fish, obviously in Washington now, but definitely they produce some really interesting players that I think could fit with the 49ers specifically. So we're going to talk about a couple of those today. Um, moving on to the running back position, um, I don't think this group's necessarily headlined by some major star at the top of the draft. You don't have your Bajan Robinson. Um, you don't have your Jameer Gibbs. But it's kind of a pick-your-poison situation in the backfield. I think you could still find a player that can help your roster day one, day two, um, as kind of a specific weapon. Uh, excuse me, day two, day three. Uh, and with the 49ers specifically, we've seen them be aggressive when it comes to drafting running backs. Um, and some of those players have just been a little bit underwhelming. Ty Davis-Price hasn't necessarily worked out. Uh, Elijah Mo Mitchell has had his moments, um, but rather underwhelming, I think, this season. And the depth behind Christian McCaffrey as a whole has just been relatively quiet. So running back could be a position if the 49ers kind of keep their picks um, that you, we could see them kind of going after a guy later in the draft where this draft specifically, this crop of draft picks kind of has some depth at the running back position later on in the draft. Um, you know, mentioning the family connection again, Frank Gore Jr. He he has to be a 49er, right? I mean, that just be if he's kind of his name is floating on I know a lot of us out there really watch that that uh Mel Kuyper's best available. I think if his name is floating out there later in the draft and the 49ers on the clock and they don't pick him, uh I think there'll be some disappointed 49er fans out there and I don't know about you guys out there, but based on name power alone, who do you want the 49ers to draft if you had your selection and only these three players are on the board? Frank Gore Jr., Luke McCaffrey, or Brendan Rice? I mean, I think it's a tough call because I think Rice is the best prospect overall, but there's just something about seeing a Frank Gore Jr. suit up in red and gold that would be pretty special. Obviously, if any of these guys you know, did their thing with the 49ers, I don't know, just seeing the, the gore name in a 49er jersey, I think, it just gets me excited and it just sounds right. Where I could see a team, you know, swooping in and taking Brendan Rice with the 49ers kind of looming because they don't want, you know, they're worried about the 49ers taking him. Uh, where Gore just, I don't know, he just seems like he's going to be a 49er. Uh, and I think he's... I think he's really good. I think he has some actual skill. Uh, you know, moving past that that family connection, there is two running backs that kind of stand out to me that I really like that I think could be on the board later in the draft, and it'll be interesting to see how they test specifically because it could really swing things where some of these guys go off the board. Uh, Kentucky's Ray Davis. I talked about him on the podcast throughout the season. I think he's a really um, you know, kind of pro style running back does a lot of things well. Um, very versatile player can catch the football, can run in between the tackles, can run outside. Uh, I'm a big Ray Davis fan, especially with his value later in the draft. Um, interested to see what his speed looks like in Indy. Um, Bucky Irving, another player I've talked about out of Oregon. He seems kind of like a 49ers fit. Um, I'll be interested to see what his size, you know, how he tests in agility because he he does make, you know, he was a great college player. 
And I think sometimes we overlook at guys that are just super successful and super productive at the college level, and we go, oh, we, you know, we chalk them because of size or maybe testing numbers are poor. But there's just something about being a good football player that no matter who you are, those traits just translate. And that stands out to me with Bucky Irving. Um, I really like him. I think he's going to be a good player wherever he lands. I think somebody's going to get a steal there. And maybe it could be the 49ers. Um, while wide receiver and running back are, you know, fun positions, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't, if it was the combine and I didn't talk about either of those groups specifically. Um, right now, as it stands, I think arguably the most important position for the 49ers in the draft is on the offensive line. Um, been paying attention to a lot of different mock drafts. I think a lot of mocks correctly have the 49ers taking an offensive lineman with that first, with their first pick of the day in the first round. Um, the 49ers had a lot of players struggle throughout the season at multiple positions on the offensive line. Um, I'd expect them to, you know, be in the conversation for an offensive lineman, whether it's in that first round or later in the draft. There are multiple names I will be keeping an eye on because the combine can really reveal how athletic some of these guys are and how important, and we know as 49ers, um, we know how important athleticism is for the offensive line in Kyle Shanahan's system. Starting with uh, a guy that really stands out to me, you heard me mention Arizona earlier, Jordan Morgan. Um, really impressive player out of Arizona, uh, shined at the senior bowl. And honestly, the fort, uh, excuse me, the PAC 12 overall has some really impressive offensive tackles in this draft. Troy, uh, I always butcher his last name, Fatuna, Talise Fuaga out of Oregon state. Uh, Fatuna is out of Washington. Um, I think Morgan kind of stands out to me because I think Fuaga specifically and Fatuna will be gone by the time the 49ers are on the board. Uh, I think Morgan kind of lands perfectly with the 49ers at the end of the, that first round. I think that's good value for him there if he's still on the board. Um, I think if they don't land one of those kind of guys specifically, you probably opt into you know picking a picking an offensive lineman later in the draft. Um, Kingsley Suamatai, I should have looked up the pronunciation on his name. Uh, the BYU offensive tackle. He's been a popular name in mock drafts uh, for the 49ers, and I think that fits too. I mean, he's extremely athletic. I mean, he could he could be a guy that breaks some of these records at the off for the offensive line at the combine. Uh, you know, another interesting player that, play, that played well at the Senior Bowl is TCU's Brandon Coleman, uh, another athletic, large offensive tackle at guard. There's Cooper Beebe out of Kansas State. Uh, and another guy that's interesting to me is the versatile interior offensive lineman, uh, Jarrett Patterson, played some time at center, played at, you know, all the positions on the interior offensive line. Uh, first center specifically, I think Dylan McMahon from NC State could put up big numbers um, at the combine in the athletic testing. He has 
He's extremely quick. Uh, his good footwork would fit right in Kyle Shanahan's system. I think that's kind of like a day one starter potentially. Also like Georgia's Cedric Van Pran and Wisconsin's Tano Bordellini. Uh, Bordelloni, excuse me. Uh, I think those are some players that we will be watching, specifically Jordan Morgan. I think he's going to turn some heads. He's already done that a little bit. Uh, that's a guy that's probably at the top of my list that I'm most interested to see because I could just see him potentially being a 49er, sliding in at the right tackle position, and even you know moving over to left tackle if Trent Williams, you know, his time comes to an end in the next couple years here. You're kind of grooming him to take over for that for Trent Williams. Um, very tough shoes to fill, though. Uh, another position, and it's going to be the last group of players we're going to be talking about, another exciting position group to watch in Indy is the cornerbacks, the defensive backs specifically. Uh, I think on the defensive side of the football, you could probably toss it up between edge rusher finding a guy opposite to Nick Bosa, which I think the 49ers will be interested in doing. It is kind of a light edge rusher class, I think. Um but defensive back, cornerback specifically, I think overall the 49ers corners played better than, you know, I kind of held them to a tough standard. I, t- I complained about uh, the defensive back play a lot this year on this podcast. Looking back and kind of putting the season in review a little bit, I think guys played better because you talk about Lenore, obviously Charveris Ward, who was one of their best players on defense as a whole. Uh, both of those guys impressed a lot of guys a lot of defensive backs in that roster impressed, I would say. But consistency was a problem. And with multiple selections, I think the 49ers should kind of keep growing that unit with another rookie defender. Um, like we talked about early in the podcast, we have a uh, – well, it's not confirmed because it's just a report, but uh, signs are pointing to DJ Jones uh, having a formal interview at the Combine with the 49ers. They're obviously going to have – be interviewing a ton of guys over the next couple days but this is a kid that um he was a 2022 all sec second team defender made a ton of plays for auburn transferred over from oregon two years at auburn had a ton of interceptions pass breakups was really all over the field um i also like uh, Kentucky's Andrew Phillips, uh, Notre Dame's Cam Hart, who played really well during the Senior Bowl, uh, kind of an underrated find there. Um, he has, you know, big size, six two. Uh, speaking of the Senior Bowl, uh, another name that we're talking about maybe in the first round, Quinion Mitchell. Um, my buddy Marcus Johnson, if you listen to the Senior Bowl podcast, kind of really raved about him. Uh, talked about him as like one of the stars of the Senior Bowl, one of the guys that's probably improved his stock the most. Uh, he's a name to watch that could potentially be on the table for the 49ers in the first round if they opt to go corner. Um, but yeah, so those are a bunch of different names I just threw at you that I will be watching over the next couple days as the Combine heats up here. I'm excited, man. I don't know about you guys, but... This is the time where there's no football on Sundays. There's no football on Saturdays where, yeah, you, you're, you know, you're upset that your team season over. Obviously, the 49ers came up short in the Super Bowl. Uh, probably still not over that loss yet, but over it enough to kind of consume some football content. And the combine is just good enough because it gets you interested 
and some of these players. You're kind of putting some names to faces here over the next couple. And there's just something about, uh, you know, the players running. And I don't know. It just gets you in the football. Gets you in the football mood. Uh, but that's enough names. I went over just a couple positions. Uh, we're going to keep talking about the draft a ton here on Believe in 49ers as we get closer to the draft day over the next two months. Hopefully, we're going to have some cool interviews and pros with prospects lined up over the next couple weeks. Still kind of mapping that out here. Um, but before we wrap things up on Believe in 49ers, we have to talk about what is going on with the defensive coordinator opening for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, like I mentioned to start the podcast, it is the only you know major coordinator position open in the NFL right now, defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they haven't filled the position since moving on from Steve Wilkes after the Super Bowl. However, we have recently kind of got a clear picture. We're not just guessing anymore. We've had some reports about who is interviewing. Um, and there's four names out there currently as I record this podcast. Um, there's internal candidates Nick Sorensen and Daniel Bullocks. Um, and they've also reportedly uh, set up interviews or interviewed former Chargers head coach Brandon Staley and Chiefs defensive back coach Dave Merritt. Um, two of those names kind of stand out to me. Uh, one guy I really like, one guy who I think should be the higher, one guy who doesn't make a ton of a sense to me, and that is kind of starting with Brandon Staley. It feels very similar to Steve Wilkes. Um, he'd want to implement, he comes from that Vic Fangio tree, he'd want to implement a similar system there, and kind of instead of what Staley, uh, Instead of sticking with Kyle Shanahan's scheme, which has been successful with their current personnel group, um, Staley would also need to fit in and connect with the players, connect with the coaching staff, something that has been brought up a lot when you talk about the reason for Steve Wilkes' firing, departure, or whatever you want to call it. Um, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me for that factor alone. If you want to talk about you know, continuity, a guy that's going to fit in, a guy that's going to uh, kind of mesh with the culture and have a connection with the players you hire internally, right? And that's something the Fortinators have done successfully with multiple coordinator positions over the, since Kyle Shanahan has taken over and guys have left to go elsewhere from his tree. Um, Staley, you know, was a very successful defensive coordinator with the Rams. I think he's a very sharp defensive mind. Um, but let's just be honest, he struggled mightily with the Chargers. And look at their defensive personnel. You got Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack, Derwin James, just to name a few. And I'm probably missing quite a few guys on that roster as well. And he couldn't make it work with them. And it's not like the, the Chargers are lacking in talent by any means. Um, while I don't necessarily agree with the Staley chatter, um, I think my favorite, my favorite for the position is Daniel Bullocks. Um, he's been with the 49ers since Kyle Shanahan's first season in 2017. He has experience under all the different defensive coordinator regimes with Shanahan. There is trust there. There's a connection with the players. Um, he's been a defensive backs coach there, safeties coach. He's helped develop players like Lenore, uh, Telenoa Hofanga. Uh, and others he's you know has experience as a player himself he's played from the with the lions from 2006 to 2009 um and flat out bullocks knows what this defense 
needs to look like to be successful. He's seen it be successful. He should understand what needs to happen to recreate what former defensive coordinators like D'Amico Ryans brought to the table, right? I mean, he should have experience, firsthand experience. And if, um, you know, Steve Wilkes, I don't, and I've said this before, I don't think he was necessarily like a bad coach. I don't think he is, you know, not sharp enough to hold that position. I mean, this guy's very has a very decorated career. You want to talk about the fit, right? That was what the problem was. It seems like that's what a lot of people bring up. Like he didn't have a connection with the players. Um, even the players kind of aired out that they weren't prepared in certain things at the Super Bowl and that connection, right? Well, it's clear Bullocks has this. He's a younger guy. Um, the 49ers had have just has had success with a similar situation. I think for a guy that's been with them since 2017 now, he should have the experience. He should be ready to fire. It's obviously just if Kyle Shanahan, you know, trusts he is ready, I think. Um, but that's just been a name that's been kind of surfacing, in my opinion. Um, at the top of the list, I think that's the higher um, and I think you transition pretty quickly back into what the 49ers do best with Fred Warner in the middle and sending Nick Bosa around the edge. I think you keep Chris Kosurik intact, who's you know obviously been a gem of an assistant for the 49ers since he's been in town in Santa Clara. Uh, and I think Bullock's kind of helps uh, just a smooth transition back to where the 49ers have found success because it's clear they have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the football and they're going to have the chance to add more in the nfl draft all right that is going to do it for us here on believe in 49ers a packed informational podcast here today getting you ready for the combine um i'm honestly really excited to talk about the draft i, I like i like you guys know if you've been listening we talk about the draft almost every episode it's finally kind of getting here it's finally heating up we're starting to kind of see a little bit of a clear picture um we're going to be back later next week uh for a combine recap um like i mentioned uh you know we're lining up some prod some prospect interviews here for the draft get to know some of these players kind of behind the helmet uh but yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, as always, you can hit me on Twitter if you want to talk about some football. You got a draft prospect or a free agent you want me to talk about. If you want to talk about hoops in the Golden State Warriors, you know I'm the managing editor of USA Today's Warriors Wire. And we've been busy because they've been hot, folks. Teasing us a little bit here. Could this be the start of a great run? Big time four-game road trip coming up after the, a solid start from the All-Star break. Man, All-Star, just bringing it up. That was brutal, that All-Star game. What is going on with the All-Star weekend in the NBA? That is a podcast for another day. And also, you want to talk about some other sports? I know we talk about UFC a lot here. But also, baseball is back. Spring training is here flip on the tv basically any time of day you're going to catch a little spring training but let's be honest baseball is just sad in the bay area right now very sad and no one wants to hear about that so that's going to do it for us here on believe in 49ers we're going to end on that note thank you to our sponsor bet online and most importantly thank you to listen to believe in 49ers presented by bet online 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.